Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The information depicted in this podcast is purely for informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle or routine. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Boost Your Biology podcast. My name is Lucas, and I am the founder of Ergogenic Health. Together in this podcast series, we will go underground to explore cutting-edge health and human performance insights that you simply cannot search on Google to help you upgrade your existence. So without any further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Boost Your Biology podcast. Today's special guest is a health and performance enthusiast, certified coach, health consultant, team leader, two times national physique competitor, and speaker who has spent over 10 years applying the latest science, practical tools, and world-class directives from some of the best in their field to develop a boundless routine for optimal energy and well-being. Haseen Hamka, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me, Lucas. Excited to be here. Awesome. So maybe Has, do you want to let my listeners know, I guess, like maybe how we even connected and, and also let them know a little bit about what you do? Yeah, awesome. And yeah, thanks again for having me. We connected at, I believe, a supplement kind of forum. It was a ketone forum at the beginning of the ketogenic movement, probably 2016, 17. I think it was Prove It was one of the first products that came out. And what it did through BHB, one of the key elements of ketones, or the key one, it was just an exogenous ketone supplement. They had a forum. You were there. I was there. And I think we just connected. You introduced yourself. And aren't we glad for that? And we just had a similar interest, right, in regards to the latest in nutrition science performance. And it's a key element of my health. And yeah, and I guess from then, for me, I've always just been interested in health, well-being, performance, what makes some individuals perform their best. And what I've really learned on my journey, just being really, I guess, curious about it, 
is regardless of the field, to reach and sustain your potential, which is really what I love to learn about and help others with. There are thematic principles. We're all human. We're all the same in that way. We all have elements of health, whether it's mental, physical, emotional, spiritual. If we can optimize that, become really self-aware about that, we can actualize our potential, uh, right? I say that word potential, but really there's no limit to that. And I think what I'm excited about is, yeah, just breaking down. It's not just that potential is just not available to some people. It's available to all of us, but it comes down to our decision-making and what we do. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And just for my listeners, I think um, I want to let them know a little bit about you. I mean, from the outside, Huss, I mean, like I look up to you in so many ways because like you're someone that I consider like truly who walks the walk. Like you talk about all these different practices, but like like you're a man that truly encompasses and integrates a lot of these things. And it shows, it shows how you show up to other people, like just your general awareness. Um, so I guess maybe... Let's let's start with self-awareness. I know that's an area that you probably really thrive in. So let's sort of break that down for my listeners. Yeah, awesome. And thank you. Thank you so much. And I appreciate your feedback. And for me, I'm on my own journey of development and own self-development. And I mean, self-awareness is such a unique tool. I think of it as literally stage one, right? And so I wrote a book a couple of years ago in regards to sustaining and reaching your peak performance. Over the 18 habits and elements, number one is that self-awareness piece. That's part one. And when we talk about self-awareness, I think of it as one, understanding yourself, your values, what's important to you, your impact on yourself, your psychology, your limiting beliefs, and what that does in your world. But on top of that, what your physical presence has on the impact of people around you. Right. That's the self-awareness bit. It's always growing because we're always growing. So we always have to kind of go back and visit that. Now, I like to think of myself as a practical kind of peak performance coach, advisor, leader. And what I mean by that is that sounds great or it might sound like, okay, cool, but how do we work on that? How does it become measurable and practical? So if I break that down a layer, we're talking about, you know, what's our purpose in any area of life that we're in, whether it's our work, whether it's our health, what are our key values? How do we uphold those values? That's a key element. We live in a world of, like, what do you have? I like to put a bit of a mix in it and say, who do you want to be, right? So who do you want to be instead of what do you want to have? Because who you want to be will attract that. That's a self-awareness bit there. And so, yeah, there's key elements, identifying your strengths. And the key one, too, is personality testing, right? I don't like to share that in a way where we're kind of imprisoned to 16 personalities, you know, Myers-Briggs testing or anything else. But what it does do is it illuminates our strengths and weaknesses, you put all these things together, you get a great baseline, you get a great perspective on yourself. But more importantly, you really get to kind of reflect and go, you know what, I can see where this happens in my life. I can see the impact I'm having around me. Who do I want to be and how do I want to turn up from here? Right? Mm-hmm. Without that baseline, we're walking around kind of an outcome of the environment around us, right? being pulled in different directions because we're not really a strong, solid foundation understanding who we are and what we want from life. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I can relate to a lot of what you said there. Just before we started the show, you were mentioning like the fact that I'm, you know, going overseas. And so like, how do I uphold my core values in a different environment? You know, like having that self-awareness, understanding like what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? And I already can identify one of my weaknesses is like um, being in a different environment and like thinking that I cannot sustain a high level of performance in a different environment because i'm so used to where i am now sort mm-hmm. of thing, if that makes sense yeah absolutely and that one great self-awareness great that you've picked up two things there right 
a limiting belief potentially because you don't know. So, so a potential weakness there that you, you identified with is change. I've got a similar weakness, right? It can be a weakness. However, with adopting a growth mindset and seeing that, you know what, if you truly believe with a growth mindset and that comes under, I think like as a mental health kind of superpower, if you step towards that fear and overcome it and demonstrate that really you don't need as much as you do to as much as your surroundings and you can put, you can drop yourself anywhere and just have these practical resources to execute what you want, you are overcoming a belief. Life can become more opportunistic for you. Um, so yeah, hundred percent back to your value point. Values are interchangeable. Recently I did I was writing a bit around how values, depending on the state of our lives, the time of the week, they do prioritize in different ways, right? Values are interchangeable. We do change as people. So I think it's important to illuminate what's your main goal and how can you achieve it while upholding your values? And if you're going through a period of your life, I think travel's a bit different because you're not often doing that. I'm big about routinized behaviors that build long-term habits that are really hard to break. But I'm sure on a holiday, naturally, the perspectives change, the opportunity with the growth mindset, think about all the growth that you'll potentially bring back to what you do with a perspective that you never had before, right? Mm. There's often a compromise for change, right? And we're not willing, and not we're not willing, it's a general statement, but a lot of the time, and this is all contextual, we're not willing to compromise. We want to do the holiday, for example, and not want anything else to change. Mm. Now, these expectations potentially can make us break and rigid. So it's like, how do we meet this, have a baseline and say, you know what, this is what I can estimate the holiday would be like. For example, this is what I'm going to put in play. I can control that. Because the moment we try and kind of create everything, we're not going to be present there. When we're not present, we're not in a flow state and we know flow is huge for peak performance. And then, yeah, there's effects of that. But, yeah, thought I'd just share. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And um, just going back to, like, the value side of things, like for my listeners, let's say they're striving to be the best at their job, whatever they're doing, First of all, like how would you go about helping someone to identify their core values? Like how would you, you know, support them in that process? Great question. A lot of the time people feel a certain way but can't communicate it or break it down and make it specific. And I think that comes from the perfectionist element of we want it to be concrete, right, and it's changing. So there's no pressure. You can change it. You can just like when you're writing with a pencil, you can scrub it out. Generally, I just get up a value sheet, right? But what I would say is pick five values that are really important to you. In life, what are the most important things? And naturally, things will come arise. Right? Is it family? Is it freedom? Is it financial security? And these values need priorities of actions with them so you can uphold actions that will help you attract the value. Right. The key thing here is we don't sit in the state of thinking or hypothesizing around it because the way to validate anything is through action. Right. So, for example, you might say, and for myself, I'm a high value of mine, and my number one value is vitality. To, health, to me, that represents health, well-being, actualizing my best. So from that vitality value, every decision I make in my life is straight back to my highest value. The moment I step away and do something that's not great for my health and I can't be the best version of me, I'm not living to that value which helps me amplify my impact to the world. Right. Back to clients, typically there'll be a tip of 20, 25 values. I've worked really closely with a lot of positive psychology institutes and different forums that do create these great um, value sheets and you just you, you pick them out. You can have an endless amount of values. The point is we can't 
we can't have them all living consistently, right? I mean, the word priority, priorities doesn't exist. It actually is priority. What is the one? What is the five? What are they? And the word decide actually means to cut. So we have to decide what they are. The thing is, a lot of the time we've got a whole bunch of lists and we've got a lot to do, but we've got 4,000 weeks to live, right? That's the fact. So what are the key things right here now? And we can focus on that. Our values can change. I'm a father. I'm a family person. And so with that, my values have changed. That's gone right up there. Then that wasn't there a few, a few years back. So that changes where I spend my time, my attitude, and how I do what I do as well to, impact, to, to apply my life. But, yeah, typically it starts with a bit of a questionnaire, interaction around that, and help validate those values too. So if you're saying something's important, what's a daily priority that you do to uphold that? Right. So if health is important, it might be exercising, it might be getting good sleep. If financial freedom is important, what are you doing towards working and making an impact that provides you the wealth and freedom? If security is important, how are you creating a life towards that? The thing with identifying these overarching values is that your daily actions are no longer mundane. They're actually working towards something bigger than you, what you're creating. Right. And that kind of leads us into purpose because purpose is something that's important to you while impacting something bigger than you. Right. What do you, and that's where it all comes together, this self-awareness piece. So we attack it from different angles. Some clients and some people get more from the personality testing. Some get more from the value setting. But the point is we're turning it practical. Right? So you walk away with this clear methodology or philosophy of your own life and say, you know what, this is who I am. This is what I care about. What are the key actions to recognize from here, from now? And when you get specific on that, you start to realize that some things matter and a whole heap don't, right? I think we live in a life, and me included, that we wish we had more time in the day, but I think the reality is we don't want to wish things that just don't exist. The reality is we just have to be specific about the few things that matter right? mm. and, the, and the value list help, helps create that. Yeah, no, really, really well explained. And something that popped up there, Husk, was like the fact that you mentioned something around like taking action. We don't want to be like sitting in this space of like hypothesizing or overthinking. And again, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners probably who experience that and they know they need to take action to do something, but they're Mm -hmm. stuck in that like analysis by paralysis Mm -hmm. sort of, you know, sort of say yeah. Look, me too, to be honest. I have a wonderful partner who actually, she often reminds me about that, about the, you know, get, get to work on it. And that's what I say. She makes me live what I preach. And what I say there is I think a lot of the time we're frightened for, we have this fear of taking action, it being wrong or losing. And it's our psychology, what the consequence of the action is. Playing it safe is a beautiful part of the world right now, Right. You don't, you don't get hurt, you're not emotionally affected, but really you're just kind of living the status quo, right? And slowly but surely meaning, fulfillment, it all kind of dives off because you're not challenging those things or, you know what, opening the lid and questioning, what if I tried this? Mm. So what I would say to those who are unsure, if you look at your values or you're trying to create what that, what that might be, and if you are unsure, go live it, take action, because action actually provides clarity, Right. So you build self-awareness on something to validate it. You go and do it. Now, if you believe you want to be the best bodybuilder in the world, right. Being the best in the world is outside of your control, but what you can control is what you do every day to be the best you. You go, you're listening to 
Lucas, you learn about all the latest supplements, you get to the gym, you go live it. Now, if you believe that's what you want, but during the process, you don't enjoy it and so on, you've gone to try that. Now, that's more of a bigger goal. But if you're saying a value is health, then you go and live it. And it might have sounded nice, but it's not really. Well, then at least you found that out. You're growing, you're developing, and you're going to find what it is you care about. Yeah. And this is this is very much tied in with like the entrepreneurial mindset. Like with something that I've learned over the years with, you know, a variety of mentors has been like, the motto is like done is better than perfect. And for me, that's applied to so many parts, so many aspects of my business being like, and I catch myself out as well. Like I've found myself in states where I'm like, oof, like I'm just getting too wrapped up in it. And like back in my early days at university, like I was very like, I was a great underthinker. Like I would just be 110% action and just go all out, just pump out content. Don't really overthink about what people are going to think. So I really think that like, yeah, I do think for those who are listening in, like just taking action, you can then refine and, you know, that's, that's a really core piece to like productivity and success in my opinion yeah love your point nothing's forever right mm. perfectionism has sent a lot of people to the grave with their ideas and right? which is a sad reality right and i think you make the best point there you can change you can iterate you know in the world of entrepreneurship you know every product's an mvp minimal viable product we are to put it out there refine it you want to test something put it out there everything i've ever done in helping people with nutrition plans or training has been refined, everything. Right? I've shared things that haven't worked. We've tried, we've tested, we've crossed the list. It's an ongoing development. If we expect things to be concrete and never change, well, then we're never growing, right? Again, it's a psychology change, right? Are you willing to get in the process? Are you willing to roll up the sleeves? Are you willing to be the best you? Because failure is almost inevitable, but it's how we perceive, how we digest it, and how we grow from it, right? What we do with it, right? Yeah. Also, as part of that, Huss, I guess, like, the going back to, like, the purpose, building, like, establishing a sense of purpose. Like, mm-hmm. I will just like to put this out there that I'm very grateful that at such a young age, I feel like I've, I understand my sense of purpose and what I contribute. For me, it's very clear. It's like, I'm all about bringing new and cutting edge. Like we spoke about this before. I love it. Bringing new and cutting edge health information to the table. And like by now I would hope that there's a large portion of people that would agree that I'm, I'm doing that. So for me, like that's my big sense of purpose, but what about for those who maybe are unfortunate? And I'm, again, I'm very grateful that I have discovered this so early. What about for those who, say that they don't have a sense of purpose? How would you go about that? Great question. It's always ever-changing. There's a lot of ideas around it. I mean, I think it originated with, start with why Simon Sinek wrote a fantastic book on company purposes. And I think that's when it really illuminated to me that organizations attract people through their why, why they exist, right? And by whatever that why might be, it's the purpose, the reason why behind you do anything. Same as companies, we can have one too. For those that don't have a sense of purpose, it's, there's a few things, a few activities to help you kind of identify that. If you had no commitments to anything, what would be, what would be the key interest areas in your life? What are the most important things? What are your biggest questions in life? There's a great exercise by Leonardo da Vinci where I think he accomplished so much in his life through action. But if you write 100 questions down of your most curious questions about life, 
right? And it takes a lot of time to write 100 questions. But what you will find is thematic topics that do align. Oh, well. And you kind of find the areas that you care about. Now, some people, and that's a very white canvas, open canvas way to look at it. A purpose doesn't have to be whole encompassing. I love yours. I can see how your purpose and your why leads to how you apply that knowledge into different mediums and what you do. And, and it flourishes from there like a tree, right? And the purpose sits as a strong trunk and foundation. Your purpose can be, the most important thing I would say is, you can have a working purpose. So it's in your work. What is your work purpose? You can have a personal life purpose. You can have multiple purposes, right? But the most important thing and the reason why we have them is when you have a purpose and it's important to you while having an impact on a thing larger than you, for example, yourself is your impact on those that you're, those the community you serve, is that it will get you through. It will pull you forward. It's an intangible energy, right? It's kind of like the divide. That's, and that's a spiritual part of health, one of the four key elements, you know. Well, that's interesting there because, like, I was also thinking about that recently. Like, what sparks motivation for people? And again, because you've you know done a lot of work with like corporates and you've been in that environment before. Like, mm-hmm. what are like the biggest like hmm, drivers of motivation? You'd say. Great question. I think it does stem from some self awareness, and motivation is different for everyone. I'm working within a corporate company where we change lives for good every day. That's what we do within as a health and wellbeing solution, for example. But there is a motivation equation. And again, I like to turn this into a measurable tool, right? And so what I mean by that is motivation is something that excites you, something you truly believe that you can do and achieve. You've got to have belief with that leads to motivation. That's where incrementally you lead towards it, right? So the most important part of self-awareness is find your baseline so we can work past it every day, start triggering behaviors, start creating a routine and working through that. Where motivation dissipates is that belief. If you truly don't believe, you can do it, right? We can all get hyped up through through a great talk or through a great whatever it might be, a great movie, and that's fantastic. Identify why you're motivated. A lot of the time there'll be topics coming out of that. But with motivation too, is it's about knowing and having a sense of clarity of, I understand the road I'm going on. I know where I'm at now, and I do believe I can do this. I mean, naturally, a good coach would, one, have absolute transparency with the client and say, this is where you're at. Let's work from where you're at because that's going to create motivation because it almost provides no superficial standing. This is true. It's black and white. It's measurable. This is where we're at and let's move forward from here. Mm. What about as far as like, I guess, developing like a, like a really well-rounded work routine? I know you touched on like working smarter, not harder, so maybe do you want to like explore some key elements to that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm working, I think we all have different times of energy of the day, elements of our day, which need certain attention, but I think creating our own masterpiece day. And I got that from my coach. I love that idea of we've got 24 hours in a day. We all, we're all gifted with 24 hours, seven or eight hours we're sleeping and so on. We're probably spending a bit of time eating and so on, but how we, how we spend the rest of the day is totally up to us. right? And that's the opportunity for all of us. Whoever you look up look up to in the world has got the same amount of time, right? They're getting it done, so can we. So really being deliberate about what matters, right? I've really leaned on the work of Cal Newport here in, in Deep Work. He's got some great ideas around what are the key elements for your work and create deep work blocking times in your day. What are the key outcomes of your work that's going to move the needle towards the impact you want to make? Those key, and I, and I call them like your key behaviours daily, your key rhythmized behaviours, 
you got to block them in before any distraction or they can get away from you, right? Just on that, so you're saying do them first? Is that what you mean? Yeah, well, you do them when you've got the capacity. Yeah. You've got the best energy. you got generally we're not being pulled to and from. So I would recommend, yes, before do your most important work before your admin or before things that are more mundane. If distraction does exist, you're more able to do it. If I was to say to you, if there's one thing you can do today, it's going to move your needle towards your goal and the impact you want to have. That's your one thing. It's a fantastic book called The One Thing. If you're doing that every day in each element of your life, you're moving incrementally forward. The one thing. So think about the one thing. And I, and I think of, to your question about the work day, create clear, bright line boundaries. Bright lines is probably a term from a lot of legal contracts. Right? Like This is the bright line. What are the times? When do you start and finish? What's your most important thing? What's your priority? What's second to that? How much time do you think each thing will take? How can we oscillate? Working harder, not smarter question is interesting. Jim Lowe and Tony Swartz, they wrote a fantastic book on the, the power of full engagement. And there's a lot of science, and that's back in the early 2000s, and it still exists now. There's so much we can focus before kind of dipping down. Right? And it does range for everyone, usually between 19, 120-minute blocks. But how can we create those blocks for the main things, move the needle on what matters while fitting everything else in our life? And it just comes back from looking at your masterpiece day. How do you fit in your energy goals, your health, your well-being goals? How do you fit in your work? What's the most important thing and the impact you want to have? And how do you feel in time for your family, your relationships and so on? Yeah, yeah. No, that totally makes sense. And also as part of that, Huss, what about... Again, this is uh, an area that I think a lot of people are struggling with is like facing some degree of burnout in their job. And I'm sort of now starting to make the link between like, well, those that have a really strong sense of purpose, they're working in alignment to, uh, with their values. Like maybe are they at less risk of burnout because the, the motivation that they're, that they're pulling from is so strong. It's coming from like that spiritual side of things. So maybe does that... You know, how does that link in with adrenal? Uh, I love that. What a great question. I mean, back to your motivation question, purpose is a significant energy creator, right? Because it's pulling you forward. You're so engaged. In fact, what I would say, and a lot of people question this, is if you're working within your purpose and you have an impact that is what your life's about, you're actually not working, right? The idea of modern day, you're not clocking on and off, Right. You're on this mission. You've got this energy towards something bigger than you and you're creating an impact that you care about. And so I truly believe, and I think in my circumstance as well as yours, when you're allocating time towards something that really connects with you internally and spiritually like that and that you really care about, it's no longer work. It's no longer like I'm giving this energy or I've got to do that and I'm going to clock off. It's I've got a role here. I've got something to do to make an impact and I'm going to do what it takes to get there. And then all of a sudden, your mindset towards it is no longer about getting it done and clocking off. It's actually about it's, about, it's actually about fulfilling your purpose. All right, the reason why that why that's, um, the Simon Sinek goes on about to um, to exist. Google's why you know to organize a, like you know the world's information. It's so important. It drives them, and that can always be iterated. Right, some of the best companies in the world do that to lead to impact. Some of the best sports people in the world. They're not there to be to win the most amount of grand slams or anything like that. They're there to move their nation, to represent their nation. It's bigger than them. So what, what is that for you? It doesn't have to be so big. For a lot of people, it's being an example to their kids. 
for example. And so how they approach their work and how they approach their their life is about I've got to turn up and be the absolute best example because we know just based on what they see, it's going to impact their lives more than anything. And so just connecting with that. So I did yeah. I did digress a little bit there. You asked a question with with burnout. With burnout, and that's a it's a really good question because yes, we're seeing it more and more, especially employees burnt out, working remotely, back to hybrid work, people not having the consistent routine, the social connection kind of imbalance of we're so used to being so social and now it's really difficult to be back in the office and, you know, you've got all these senses going off that we're just not used to anymore. What I'll say with burnout is just like planning your days and your weeks, there is emotional state of well-being, And that emotional state really ties to burnout as well is how do we put, I guess, parts of our day or checks or weeks where we're looking after ourselves or getting in a parasympathetic stressful state with mindful breathing it might be through having a nice bath it might be through enjoying a gaming session you like to do whatever way you like to rest um Stephen Convoy's um seven habits of effective people the last habit is sharpen the saw how do we sharpen the saw per se in our day in our weeks what are the key things so at the beginning of our week for example it's what are the things that we're seeing happen again and again Thursday Friday comes and we're burnt out and we're then we go and make terrible decisions around the nutrition we have and how we kind of just kind of feed our senses and then regret it later. How do we prevent that? How do we actually put a hook in before, create clean um, goals for ourselves? We're going to gift ourselves. We're going to pay ourselves forward with specific habits to help us kind of remove any stress, like balance out the sympathetic and parasympathetic effect of our lives, which of course is causing us to burn out, poor health, extensive cortisol throughout the day, driving blood sugar issues and a whole bunch of other conditions. And that's why when, when I talk health and well-being, being holistically health and well-being, although nutrition was my first step into that, I quickly realized it was such a small step because nutrition helps every other element of my health. And then I realized my psychology, my mental health and everything else. And so, so yeah. That's really great, really great. And also like just as part of that, when you mentioned like nutrition, I mean, like just – after all these years understanding like more about neurotransmitters, gut health, things like that, like it totally makes sense now how nutrition can affect your decision-making, perhaps even your tendency to like overthink because like certain, let's say, for example, like inflammatory foods can increase glutamate, all that stuff and lead to like overthinking behaviors. But sort of going back, Huss, like in terms of establishing purpose, I want to tie in like this notion of legacy because that's something that I've been thinking about quite heavily lately is like what sort of brand and company do I want to build and and what impact do I want to leave when I'm gone, even though I hope it's going to be at least 80 years away. So, yeah, let's sort of touch on legacy. Yeah, I love that. And a legacy could be another high value of yours, right, to leave a legacy. That could be something that comes up. For a lot of people, having that impact is really aligned to purpose, right? So having an impact on something bigger than you and the legacy, of course, is what you do in the lives after you. Legacy can be interpreted in different ways. Hmm. What I do hear and see a lot with a lot of clients as well is that leaving that legacy and they do everything now for a legacy. My encouragement would be that your, your legacy a lot of the time is I'd ask, what is it? What do you mean by legacy? Because you're, you're leaving it in the lives of those living already around you, not just those after. If there are tangible things and you're creating to make impact for the long term, get specific about it. I think sometimes we can get lost in legacy a bit or in these ideas 
how I like to think of it is that's a, such a beautiful thing because it's a gift to those beyond you. And again, that's part of your purpose. But what are the specific things? What's, what's leaving a legacy look like, right? And a lot of it comes down, I think, into choosing who you want to be, right? And a great exercise for that, and probably one of the most real intrinsically moving exercises is writing your own eulogy or something like that. What would your best friend say about you or a family member, right? And again, I like to put everything back into a practical measuring tool. And it's different for everyone. Leaving a legacy can be a financial thing. It can be an institutionalized thing. It can be a philanthropic adventure that some people create. But if you were to write your own eulogy, something will come out of that. What is being said about you? What is it that you want to leave? Because you're actually going to answer your own question doing that, right? And then you get specific. This is who I want to be. So how do you tie that back to your daily actions? So when I wrote mine, a lot of it, a lot of it wasn't about the intrinsic, the extrinsic world, about the accumulation, about what potentially society encouraged us to accumulate. A lot of it was about who I turned up and decided to be in day-to-day life to the people that mattered and how I approached myself. Mm-hmm. And so for me, being a certain type of person, who I chose to be and how I chose to uphold my values was the biggest thing and how I left, left the legacy, being available and these things, that can start right here and now today. And I think that's the powerful thing because if we delay, if we're delaying the outcome or the gratification for later for, the, for that legacy creation, we're missing out on that instant reward today, upholding the best version of yourself, which will attract that legacy. Mm, that's outstanding. And even as part of that, I know you mentioned just a lot of people have like a, a philanthropic legacy element that for me has always been the legacy like even i'm starting thinking about like how is my ego tying into this legacy thing because it's starting to feel like oh you just want to be the best formulator in the world or you want to Mm. release an ingredient that impacts millions of people once you know once you've passed yeah i sort of like to tie in and start to challenge like okay well then why do i want to have that as my legacy so that's yeah really interesting Oh, great point, right? Because when you get to the nitty-gritty and you work on the exercise and you actually validate what you're saying and what you think you're saying, and you're, I mean, your ego is a beautiful, amplified, perfect version of yourself, right? If we do everything through the ego, and we all have the ego, the ego is marvellous in some scenarios and in other scenarios won't let us face the truth, right, until we fall on below ground floor. But I, mean, I love your point, but when you get specific, what, where I like to focus the attention, and I, and I I truly believe in Jim Rohn, the coach of Anthony Robbins, um, said success is attracted by who you become. Right? Who you become are your actions today. So who you become, the knowledge you acquire, how you apply the knowledge and the habits you do today and be- from today and tomorrow and accumulate and become more and more, as we do with more stress, adaptation, we become more and more capable. You will attract those opportunities. So my focus to the idea around whatever outcome down the line is what can you do today about it? Where are you spending your energy and process and focus to attract that? Mm, yeah. Even as part of that, I guess, Huss, is um, like going back to like establishing your ideal day or like, you know, mastering your day. Just curious, like in terms of like structuring out maybe a calendar, like from a practical perspective for my listeners, maybe do you want to outline like some of the things you've seen work for people in terms of structuring their day? Like how does that, process and how does that look yeah you hit on the head straight from a calendar open day three key elements in most people's lives or life buckets is your energy your work and your love right so they typically are the areas along with your values 
So for energy, if you're um, if you've got a blank day, where's the perfect time for you to train? Do you have the best energy or exercise? Or do something there, which is fantastic for your mind, your body, and holistic health. You will jot that down. The parameters are, of course, based on your situation. If you work a nine to five role, it might have to be, you'll fit that in. We work with the parameters. I'm saying all this with the asterisks, right? Depends on your personal scenario. But say we have a blank canvas and what a beautiful goal to work towards, having a blank canvas that we can create our own day. I think it's for a lot of people would be a marvelous way to kind of live because that's true freedom in my eyes, the capability of creating a day based from a blank canvas perspective, right? And freedom means different things to different people. So your energy, what is it you do for work? What impact do you want to have? And what is it physically you're doing and when? based on your best kind of mental energy and output capability. And then in regards to the other areas of your life, where do you spend time with your loved ones or your other priorities? So you block them out and fit them in. And so what we've done is we've turned a 24-hour day into an hour-by-hour plan and a sequential plan. So when you wake up the next day from the day before, you know what the day ahead is. There's no decision-making fatigue. You're clear on what you're going to do the next day. Because if we're making the same decision to train, for example, or exercise every day, what an exhausting task you don't have to do, right? I mean, I think Mark Zuckerberg's known for wearing the same T-shirt every day or something like that and all these really high successful people because that's one less thing to worry about. By the end of the day, you know, decision-making fatigue gets us all. We make terrible decisions. And so the point is here, how can we routinize these key things? There are elements of weekends and Social elements that will change things, but there are core things that happen every single day. Mm. And just like regularity for sleep, which is the number one thing for great sleep, regularity for life is what helps you propel. That identifies you. You know where you are. Your body's got this remarkable capability to know it's training time as well. There's a lot of science around that as well when you prime the body for particular parts of the day. Um, So, yeah, so you work back from that 24 hours. What are we specifically doing? Did we execute it? What did we find out while we executed it? You know what? That wasn't a great time to train. I wasn't really present there. It was during the day it doesn't work for me. So, for example, for me personally, I go and have my workout first thing in the morning after my morning routine. Right? I have a morning routine. It includes my mindfulness practice, my gratefulness practice, which is the number one indicator for happiness and fulfillment. And then I go and have my workout where I can't be distracted. My workout is my number one thing for my health goals. Now, we know that the, a good workout turns on the mind. You feel way more focused. I've got my best clear thoughts. And then after that, my most important actions are taken or I do that, right? Mm. But you have to provide a bit of a scope yeah. around it. Yeah, it's, it's crazy because you bring up the decision-making fatigue and like part of this I'd like to tie in is like people that task switch numerous times throughout the day. And I've caught myself out so many times for like, having more than four tabs open, you know, different tabs open. Yep. And for me, like I can totally relate to that. Like at the end of the day, sometimes like because I've been switching, I've been chipping away at different little tasks. Like that is exhausting. So exhausting. Whereas if I was just like dedicating one day just to like maybe one or maybe two projects or topics, which Unfortunately, the reality is that like with a business that I'm running now, like it's a bit difficult to just do that now that I'm doing so much, but like I can relate to that big time. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, there's no such thing as multitasking, right? It's actually task managing. And there's different studies around it, but it takes about five to 20 to 30 minutes to get back into the task. So if you're actually taking, and when I say get back, back to the flow state, a flow state is where we're most connected to the work we do, unaware of the time, I'm going to screw his name up, Mihalai, I forget his second name, but 
we're really connected to the time and time is not even a thing. We're just doing our best work. If we're continuously mixing on that superficial surface layer, we're not going deep work. We're not actually serving our community the best or what we're trying to do the best. And in fact, you're actually a reaction to the distractions around you. Right. And there are ways to work around that. For example, I have a rule that works well for some clients where what I would ask you is, do you want to be accessible or accountable to your work? Right. Now, there's some parts of work and some work that we do, we have to be accessible. We're leading people, we're in sales, it's phone calls, people will call us. But in, a lot of us have accountable outcomes that we will perform to. I'll get this done by this time. Fantastic. What a beautiful chance now to create the perfect day to create that. Mm. Eating away, moving away, thinking away, create the, the lifestyle and environment for it. And so that's what I would encourage you to think about. You've got you've got that accountability, accessibility, and then you start time managing and blocking from that. The other thing is for all those little long lists, and like you mentioned, for your business, I'm sure there's always a lot of that, but maybe there's a time of the day where you're not cognitively your best and you don't want to do the deep work. That's when it's a great time to do that. Right? So can it wait? And if it can't wait, is there a way to make note of it for anything that takes more than two minutes to do? You do your 22-minute things at the end of the day, wrap it up, and really shut down and disconnect from the work day. Probably goes back to your burnout as well. Then you disconnect and go, that's done, and nothing's lingering in your mind. And there's a crazy power in just writing down these things as well, right? Yeah. And especially when you are carrying a lot of expectation, juggling a few things, and I'm doing more and more of that myself. And I often question where's the fine line here and I'm often modifying what works best but if you're trying if you're modifying and trying to develop a routine that's all that matters right now if we're going to be a victim of our scenario based on a business or a lifestyle we've created and do nothing about it that's a slippery slope because we're not going to develop and work through it and build more capacity Um, because what we want to create is more capacity to deliver more impact the work we want to do in a smart way that's what we're all going for. Absolutely. Yeah. And as part of that as well, like Huss is like the ability to say no. Because that's something that like, how do you even train someone to like learn how to say no? Because like the youngsters, you know, nowadays, like we're bombarded with so many different opportunities and like there's that fear of missing out. It's like, yeah, is that something you've personally had to like develop yourself? Like the ability to say no? Well, absolutely. The whole self-awareness practice is to know what's important to you and what's not. So that fundamentally should make it easier for you to know, you know what, this does not, I'm super grateful for the opportunity, but it doesn't align on what I'm trying to create and where I want to spend my energy at the moment. Saying no. Um, Derek Sivers, entrepreneur, once said it's either hell yes or no. And I I love that idea. And I actually, that's where, that's what I apply. If you get an opportunity that really excites you, you're like, I'm all in. Yes, Absolutely. Because the issue with the 50-50 opportunities is if it's three months down the line, we as humans, we struggle to make a decision three or four months down the line. Like, you know, I'll do it. It's not tomorrow anyway. You know, I'll do it. The way to think of it, think of it is that if it was tomorrow, would you do it? And it really cuts that line in regards to what's really important and what isn't. And that no piece, it really just comes from your priorities. When you know who you are, when you know what your work is and you know what's important to you, if an opportunity comes that derails you from your purpose, your values, what you want to achieve from your day, you're going to have to decide. Or the consequence is you spread yourself thin. And I've been a victim to it. I'm a people pleaser. 
right, by nature. And so I've been victim to it. Upon reflection, which is a really important part of high performance and sustaining your potential, is you spend time of your week reflecting on your week. What's gone well? What hasn't gone well? And what often came up to me is I'm saying yes to a lot of things mm. that aren't always, that might be derailing me a little bit, but then if I look over the time, it's actually taken a lot of time or more time than I initially thought. Mm. And so it's about finding that balance, reviewing that, and then deciding what you want to do and what isn't for you. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Also, as part of that, I guess, makes me wonder whether there's a link between type A personalities and like being a people pleaser. Do you reckon there'd be some sort of correlation there? Absolutely. And I think even if you take a step back to personalities in general, right, there are 16, say, core personalities, different types of personalities and how we kind of deal with those scenarios. All they are is a baseline of probability based on the type of person you are. Now, it's very risky putting yourself in a box and saying, this is how I am. Mm. Now, this is how you are by default. This is your attributes. This is your inclination our opportunities to develop and grow from that. So when self-awareness is then used to develop the life that we want, when you put in habits or you you create a decision-making process to eliminate that, you are growing and becoming more. And that's where the leaders, the high performers, they're able to identify, oh, this is where I can go pull myself too wide here. I'm not going deep enough in what matters. I've got to say no. And so I love reading into biographies and high performers and every one of them in this story, I usually, when I'm reading it or learning and I'm thinking, how can we apply it in our lives? They're often saying no to something because it's someone else. And their ability to do that, I think, is really underestimated because we want to have everything. And it's a bit like that fable. The donkey's looking at food and water, food and water. And then the donkey falls over and dies of starvation because it hasn't served either or hasn't served itself, right? I mean, let's not do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. What about in terms of your career hustle? Like, I'm curious to know, like, was there ever like a pivotal moment in which you like really prioritize like productivity and performance or like, have you always been that type of guy, just very like disciplined and motivated? Yeah. I think I've always been curious. I think if I think about my, my purpose or what my biggest questions are is how do we live most fully connected and have a fulfilled life and look back with no regrets. I'm really driven by having no regrets. And for me, it all came back to, it always came back to the human body and optimizing the human mind, body, purpose, spiritual health, emotional health, all connected. So I've always been curious and interested. Um, I have I have three uncles who were all into health, well-being, and bodybuilding. When I was 15, 16, I was really inspired and motivated by that. So that became the vessel and the funnel and the space in which I created my health or my kind of training ground. And I applied all these ideas into that and developed and I love the space I still do. And so I got into the corporate world and started realizing some disconnection sometimes in regards to the role that I had or where I was working and I realized the importance of purpose. I want to work within health, well-being, helping people. And so I realigned that. That's where I learned that. And then I realized that values are really important. So how we approach what we do is really important too. So I found some disconnection, learned more on that. And so I constantly refined it from my own perspective. And that's what really has collated me to build this kind of program, which has taken me, it's 10 years plus now, and it's always ever-changing, but it's a whole bunch of ideas that apply thematically to help lead the outcomes. Mm. I think sometimes we're fooled to think that one thing or changing an element of health will change everything. I think it's a whole bunch of different things. 
Some people do have indicators and leverage points which will make a bigger impact than others, but you only find them through a holistic application. Yeah, amazing. I really respect what you're doing. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot that I can, you know, like I said at the start, I look up to a lot of what you're doing and um, I'm definitely going to be branching and utilizing a lot of what you just said. In terms of goal setting though, like I'm curious to know like how you go about this. Number one, like what is your like ultimate goal? Just curious to know, like, what is your big goal? Yeah, well, do you know what? The goal setting is really important. Smart goals, obviously, you know, specific, measurable. <laughs> the thing is it's ever-changing, right? For me, my purpose is to be the best version of myself while helping others do the same, right? Helping people live to their best version. And what I found out in my mission to do that is that it encompasses mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health practices aligned with your purpose, right? whatever that looks like. For me, it's always been to do that. I've always wanted to empower people within that. And so through my day-to-day work, I do that through leading a team on a health and well-being platform. In my coaching, I do that one-on-one with peak performers and executives types to do that and to lead to, one, apply and be an example myself, but two, to share that because sharing that's what helps you be your best as well. My goal-setting practice is I do it weekly at the moment. I refine, I go over my goals. Now, now... It's always changing. And I love the fact you asked the question because I'm always changing the application. I don't have a specific 30, 40 year goal or anything like that because to me, I work back more from a process perspective. Who do you want to be day to day and how can you applicate it from the goal backward? And so based on the environment and whether it's in my coaching, in my what am I applying to help attract that? And because to me, you attract success and who you want to become and opportunities through the person you become and who you choose to be today. So for me, I really put my blinders down, my blinkers down to the following week, be specific. I write out key elements of my work and what I'm doing. And then next to each, I'd write what I'm going to do to attract a certain goal. It might be specific around a certain client or whatever that might look like. But I do eventually see more that speaking realm. I love that connection piece to be the way to help and support it with you know, specific resources to help people actually find their own peak performance to be it for me. And that's ever changing. But part of the goal setting as well is I'll get my values out and next to each be very specific of how I'm going to live them each day. And so they become my goal, my process. And the thing is, I'm not sure if you know much of the work around Scott Kaufman. He actually met those hierarchy of needs. He actually looked into a lot of his latest writings around that. His latest book, Transcend, talks about we as human beings are so fortunate in the way we live now to have the chance to have some kind of higher purpose once all of our foundational needs are met. And so this idea of a transcendence is meeting our imminent needs as they arise as well. So what are the things that arise? Because we can have these big goals and great if we achieve them, but if we shoot for the stars, we'll land on the cloud, right? It's who we become because of it. And that process and application is where a lot of the happiness and fulfillment stands. So I think that's to me where the, beauty is where the growth is and where what matters is there are beautiful shiny objects i think we all want in life but there are a lot of studies that do show that it really accounts to 20 10 20 of happiness and i'm very mindful of not giving up my values my priorities my purpose for that right because that compromise to me i don't think it'd be where i want to end up for example yeah no i really love that i um just things that were popping up there for me even Huss was like for myself, and this is something maybe I'll even do with you after, you know, after this podcast at some point, having you help me set my own goals and like determine them as well. Because like just the other day I was saying to my mom, I'm like, oh, look, 
you know, I set these goals, but part of me feels like I'm just still like hoping for the best, almost like I'm doing the work, I'm hustling, I'm putting in, and I'm just like hoping that you'll just, you'll get lucky. It's almost like I feel like you put in the hard work and then you create luck almost to a degree. Yeah. Well, that's what luck is, right? In regards to really luck is, is an outcome of hard work collated together. It's, you make your own luck through effort. Now, what I'd say to you is, and again, this is always changing and iterating based on where we're at in life, right? And so my answer before wasn't specific and clear and regimented. I'm actually a very rigid, routinized person, if you can't hear it already. So for me, it's about being more flexible within that, flowing through or being present in it. I love your point. I mean, there is always an element of luck, but luck's outside your control. What's inside your control is let's be specific. You've got this goal. What type of work, effort, and attention will it take to get there? And what do you need to get there? There might be external elements to get there that you can't control, but there are definitely things you can. What I encourage is we can only focus on what we can control. If we delegate any happiness or fulfillment based on outcomes that can be impacted on the external world, we're actually now putting our fulfillment and happiness and lives in the hands of someone else. Yeah. So there's two things here. Are we talking about achieving a goal or being fulfilled and happy? And if our self-esteem, belief, and confidence comes from integrity, which is saying, this is who I am, this is what I'm going to do, and regardless of what the outcome is, I'm proud of who I am because I turned up today and I pushed through that. Now, where we can work is say, these are great, cool goals. And I love the fact you have that clarity. I think you have that more than I do, for example. And I think it's a good or bad thing. It's just a fact. Then how do we work back from that? And then when you work back from that, what you're doing is you're deliberately choosing where you're going to practice because success of anything is deliberate practice. So what are you deliberately practicing? Right? Every day, what are you deliberately practicing? This is a chance for us to deliberately share, vocate on a certain element to help inspire other people to do the same thing. That's a huge part of my purpose, right? It's my identity. Like to the day I die, every thought process and and consideration and action is going to be towards how can I help myself help others? (laughs) And that's just, that's just what's, that's what's through me as a human being. Yeah. So I hope that made some sense. I mean, the tail end of that, I will say is in regards to where we focus our energy as well is that I love the philosophy of stoicism, which is really a practical philosophy around. It's literally about not being good or bad or sad or happy, but focusing on what you can control and leaving the things outside of you, outside of you, because pondering or setting kind of expectation on that is a really, really vulnerable place to be. And it's unfair as well, because if we just worried about what we could control, being mindful of the external circumstances, the magic is in what you can control. And you said a very lovely compliment at the beginning in regards to my actions and how I hold myself or what things I might do. What I took from that is thank you. I want to celebrate that myself more because when I look at the version of myself 10 years ago, I remember learning that and thinking it's all about how I turn up regardless of the scenario. Who am I going to do? What are the key things that I'm going to do regardless of the environment? Is it raining today, but I've got a 5K run? You know, put the jacket on. Let's go. Is it, are these the key things? Because if they are, really, regardless of the environment, you can get anything done in any environment based with the resources you have. It's a powerful thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is going to be, I feel like this is going to inspire a lot of people and I hope a lot of my listeners are going to be, you know, making some changes after listening to this. I mean, I'm already excited to, like I said before, just 
start to integrate. And it's just the questions that you're asking. It's, it's about stimulating the mind and bringing new perspectives, which I really, again, every time we chat, I guess the reason why you're on my podcast, because like every time we chat, you make me just view things in a different, in a different light. So mm-hmm. I guess maybe Hoss, do you want to like, to wrap things up, do you want to sort of let my listeners know like where they can connect with you? You've got a book, just let them know more about you and your services. Yeah. Awesome. It's been awesome doing this. So husfit.co, I've got a little site, H-U-S-F-I-T.co. Instagram, um, I'm pretty active on Instagram and to be a bit more active, husfit.co is my Instagram handle. And my book is called Plan to Peak Perform. It's on Amazon. I think they've got it on special at the moment. So jump on. It's got pretty much all the ideas in a routinized handbook style. And to your point around my questions, every chapter, very small, it's very much a handbook. It's got questions at the end of each chapter for choosing a purpose or for your values or for you know eating well. There are questions because everything is contextual to your own unique goals. So that's a very important part, right? And the reason why good questions lead to your own answers, right? No two people are the same. Um, we're all different. And I think the key part here is finding who you are and living who you are. Now, that's really self-actualization. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Well, uh, Huss, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a, it's been a pleasure having you. No, thank you. Appreciate it. Awesome chat. Take care. Thank you everyone for joining in to today's episode. For in-depth show notes and lessons learned, visit nofilter.media forward slash boost your biology. This has been a No Filter Media production. Say what you want. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.